and welcome back to this podcast right here, Player Advantage. Top of the evening, top of the evening, top of the evening, even the, e- the evening. You say top of the evening, it is 10.30 p.m. It, it, <laughs> it cannot be uh, oh. further away from the top of the evening. <laughs> top of the morning. You're closer to the top of the morning, frankly. Yeah, we are. We are way closer to the top of the morning. Um, Hello, everyone. What's up? I'm Marcus. That's Monet. Uh, we are back to talk. We're not about, the lands. We are. We are not the lands. <laughs> we had to get it in at some point. Had to get it in. At some point. <laughs> you guys would not believe how many to- how much time we just spent doing. Kedrick's ad libs from oh, <laughs> from uh, Rage Brothers. Fucking incredible! Like I think I, I, I turned on the call and went, "She's hot." She's hot. Uh, which I'm sure I will say again because I had a, <laughs> I I thought that while we were while I was watching one of the things we're going to talk about in this episode. Um, we uh we watched some stuff. We watched some things. Read some things. Yeah, we did. Uh. Let's start out with the one that always takes the most time, and we are—we're gonna try and keep this episode tight. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna try. Attempts will be made. What happens happens. Yeah. Um, so uh, AEW this week, basically, do, like I appreciate that Tony Khan was totally transparent about it. It was just like, look, SmackDown's gonna go long, so we're gonna start early. Fuck them. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious i didn't know about that i didn't know he was, he was yeah the up. whole reason they did the buy-in for rampage this week was because um was because smackdown was three hours this week oh, that, uh that sounds awful well it was uh they were on fs1 and i i don't fucking know why they did it but they they put it on three for three hours i think they had like a 25 minute sasha banks becky lynch match with no commercials oh that's Okay, that sounds sick. Like, the third hour was Sasha and Becky, and then uh, some stuff with Roman and Brock. So oh, it wasn't, I, saw, I saw a little bit of that. Yeah, so it wasn't, like, 30 minutes. It wasn't an extra hour of, like, bullshit. It was like, hey, here's a here's a really good match, and here's uh, more stuff in our primary story being advanced. So, Absolutely. like, I didn't fucking mind. I don't care. But also, I, I want to get this out of the way before we get into it. Uh, people, a lot of people are going like, ugh, they're doing this to pop a rating, they're doing this to eat into the demo. I don't give a fuck. I don't care <laughs> why they're doing it. Just that they're doing it. Yeah. And not to totally, not to totally dovetail, we're going to come back to AW on this, I promise. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, but like, while we were gone, uh, DC Comics revealed uh, that the new Superman, John Kent, is bisexual. And yes. similar yes. to what happened with Tim Drake over the summer, people were like, ugh, they're just doing this for marketing. Yeah, and it's working. So what if... <laughs> what, I'm supposed to be matter? mad? <laughs> like, the whole purpose of this shit is to try and sell you a product. Exactly. The product being better as a byproduct of that is what you want. Exactly. You know, you're they're... they're they're branching out to another demographic. They, they want to make money, so they are making a better product to make more people buy it. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get mad at that. That's what I want from these companies who are making these things. Like, Exactly. Need I remind you all that the first, the first on-page time a superhero in a Big 2 comic said that they were not straight 
was in 1992. That character, Shit, really? yeah, it was North Star uh, in an issue of Alpha Flight. That, by the way, sold out everywhere. It sold like hotcakes. Everyone wanted to fucking read this issue. Um, that character did not have a on-page love interest until 2009. Holy shit, what, like, 17, 17 years, years later. later? Yeah. The first time a superhero ca- character came out as being not straight was 1992. The first time two male superheroes kissed each other was 2009, when Richter and Shatterstar kissed. Like, Jeez. yes, it's marketing, but also, as recently as fucking 15 years ago, it wouldn't happen. So I think exactly like, yes, it's marketing. Yes. They're trying to make money. That's the point of making the thing. They aren't making it for free. They want you to buy it. And at least it's not just to pivot into a different lane with it. 10 years ago, they were the way they were trying to get you to buy their books was by rebooting everything and saying all the shit that you had read to that point didn't matter. And it was terrible. Yeah, it was a bad idea. It, it heard, stunk. Listen, I could sit here all day and talk about tell how about, much. Tell me about the new fifty-two. Tell me about the new fifty-two. You, you, you don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't want. I, 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 I will I, self-destruct. That will be a special episode. I think That's gonna be right on. Now. Just hey, might as well say it here. Uh, I'm starting a second show uh, where I'm gonna make my friends read comic books. That sounds wonderful. Stay I'm starting tuned. a second show, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be about the sci-fi shows. I'm actually getting that all sorted out. I have my first script. Ooh. But it's wonderful, you know, um, that we have we have this, this other stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I will make somebody read the New 52. The first thing that I've, like, got kind of said, I got a couple people for a couple things. Um, I don't have anything set for New 52 shit. So somebody, somebody is going to read New 52 Teen Titans with me and get furious i haven't figured out who yet but that's that is 100 percent a thing uh that is gonna happen because i think about that run every day of my life and it fucking, fucking haunts me i hate it so, so fucking much um anyway to pivot back to aew yes aew yes, yes. put on a couple so in response to wwe putting on an extra hour aew put an extra hour on rampage in the form of the buy-in uh on YouTube, oh, uh, so oh, that yeah. that was a three match show. I watched it yesterday morning before work. Uh, they should do more shit like this. Like if Dark, was, if Dark was this every week, I'd wa- I never miss an episode of Dark. Nope, nope. And that's the thing. Until like what two weeks ago, I didn't know what the fuck Dark was. So yes, <laughs> sounds like fucking sixteen matches. It's like holy shit. Um, I caught it uh, yesterday afternoon. Um, Loved it. Loved the fuck out of it. I thought, uh, you know, you had, um, God, it was, you had the women's match and then you had. Yeah, let's, let's so let's run through the card on the yeah, buy in. Yeah, yeah. First match was Ty Conti versus uh, Santana Garrett. Uh, you know, it's a decent match. Ty is somebody they're building up really hot uh, for everything. Oh. Oh, she's yeah, going to be, she's going to, I, I, my guess is she's going to be in that TNT title tournament or, or TBS title tournament, rather. Um, Absolutely. And she'll. Absolutely. 
she'll probably go pretty far. It would not surprise me if the finals of that tournament is her versus uh, Jade. Um, but also wouldn't surprise me if she's next up for a shot at Brit. I wouldn't like, be surprised either. I think Thunder Rosa is ultimately going to be the person that beats Brit. That's what makes sense given their history. But yeah. um, Ty would be a fun challenger for, for her in the meantime. Uh, that being said, it's really weird that Ty isn't in Dark Order officially. Oh, she's not. She's not no, like no, no, no. She is still listed as uh, associates. Let, let me let me pull it up. Uh, An associate. Yeah, let, let, let's That's pull funny. up the people who are officially in Dark Order. Uh, yeah, because it's getting pretty big now, isn't it? The, uh, well, they stopped adding people for a while. That being said, um, <laughs> the entirety of New Legacy are uh, number sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I I think is hilarious. <laughs> Um, let's see. So the current members, uh, on-screen members of uh, of Dark Order, Evil Uno, who's number one, Stu Grayson, number two, uh, Alex Reynolds, who is three, John Silver, four, uh, Alan Angels is five, Preston Vance is ten, Colt Cabana is eight, Anna J is number ninety-nine, uh, Brody Lee Jr is uh negative one and then listed as associates are ty conti and hangman adam page oh oh hangman's in there well he's he is an associate oh yeah <laughs> he is technically not a member of the dark order i love that though so they can slot him in and out whenever they basically well yeah he hangs out with uh he's friends on screen with um with silver and reynolds yeah um. So Ty technically not a member of Dark Order, despite the fact that she is she is Anna J's tag team partner and best friend, and is in all of these fucking Dark Order segments. <laughs> like it'll be we're gonna cut to Dark Order talking in the back, and fucking Ty is just there, <laughs> just hanging out. Like she I never says that. anything. She's just in the room. She's eating an Oreo. <laughs> just hanging out, holding hands with Anna. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, which rules, frankly. I think I love them as like a unit. I think that one thing I really love about AEW is that I know people don't like it, but I love that there's like 40 factions because it's just a bunch of eventually it's just a bunch of people hanging out with their friends. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's <laughs> I think that's part of the appeal. And it's not it's not like New Japan level of factions, right? Where everybody like, is in a faction. And if yeah, you're not in a faction, no one... you are in the New Japan faction. Exactly right. You're just you're just like officially like with Tana and fucking like twelve. Right, Tanahashi and Ibushi and Captain fucking New Japan. Captain fucking New Japan. Um, Uh, it's it's like you said, they're just fucking vibing. They're all hanging out. Just hanging out with you. Like, there's a faction called Best Friends. Yep. (laughs) They're just that. That, That's Orange. It's Orange Cassidy, uh, Chuck Taylor, Trent. Chris Statlander and Wheeler Yuta. Fucking great. <laughs> and they don't do anything. They just hang out. <laughs> it's amazing. There's no like matching t-shirts. They're just vibing. Yeah, just just, just a bunch of dudes and Chris Statlander. Dudes rock. Yeah. Um, other match on the card that I was pretty into was Lee Moriarty versus Bobby Fish. Yes, um, that was fucking good. That was Lee good. Moriarty. He'll dispute this. He 
like when people say this to him, he always kind of pushes back. Lee Moriarty is one of the best wrestlers in North America. He is absolutely so fucking good. He's <laughs> he's phenomenal. He's like like I was watching. I hadn't watched a lot of Lee Moriarty, so this mm-hmm. was my first um, real exposure to him. And you know, obviously, I fucking love Bobby Fish. So yeah. like, I was like taken Boom. aback by how good he was like he's he's, he's uh disciple. an alex shelley disciple and it shows because he's just fucking so flashy he's he has the personality and the fucking um the the talent to back that up you yeah know? he it's, um i watched a match it was him and what's the fucking guy's name uh dude who used to run bizarro lucha uh, hang on. That rings a bell, but I, I don't. I can't remember the fucking guy's name. Um, pull it up. Whatever. Uh, we'll call him whatever just for the sake. You know, I can. I bet I can. Control F this on cage match and find it. Uh, it was Trip Cassidy. Nope. Trip Cassidy, okay. Yeah, so uh, he had it. That was the first match of his I saw. Um, and that shit rolled. And where was it? Where was it? Was it AEW? No, this is in uh, Bizarro. Oh, okay. Okay. Also, like, wait, hold on. Is it? Wasn't this it? The show is listed as being ha- having happened in 2020. And that doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't line up. Yeah, okay, yeah, something's wrong here. Uh, this listed, oh, it's February of 2020. I forgot oh, cage yeah, matches set to uh, day, month, year. Yeah. Yeah, uh, at, on February 9th uh, at Bizarro Lucha, Cold Dead Body in the Woods. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah, that was the first match of his I saw. And I was just like, oh, this dude fucking rules. <laughs> This guy is so Fuck. fucking good. Um, he fucks. He yeah. really fucks. Yeah, he's he's legit just one of the one of the best fucking wrestlers in the world right now. Absolutely. And as soon as AEW starts letting him, uh, as soon as AEW starts putting him in these more prominent positions, um, I think everyone will fucking realize it because during that match with Fish. Uh, you know, people are, you know, kind of respectful platform, like, well, all right, this guy. And by the end, they're like dueling. Let's go, Bobby. Let's go Lee chance. And yeah, yeah. It was getting, it was getting really good there. Like it it was mainly Bobby's chance for, right. Cause Bobby's the guy everybody knows and I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm also just like on a side note, I'm really happy to see Bobby fish, like happy to see him not injured, (laughs) not just not injured. I mean, yeah, because like that was like, the thing with him in NXT was that like he kept every like three months was like Bobby Fisher starts like, fucking what is happening to this guy? Man? Shoulder, leg, or some shit like <laughs> always like, like like clockwork. Always that, in a in a fucking chair. Always yeah. in a wheelchair. That um, did but, lead to um, the hot take. Or I guess it's a cold take because I've said it enough times. Um, the the best version of the undisputed era tag team is O'Reilly and Strong. I, I I've never heard you say that 
and I like Red Dragon a lot. But oh, Roddy, there's a match that they had on an like early into the war. Um, they had a I don't remember who the match is against, but I remember Roddy is wrestling in fucking jeans. <laughs> oh, shut up! That's <laughs> Roddy is wrestling in jeans, and he is working. He's going nuts. Oh my god! It's so I crazy. Couldn't, I couldn't imagine, but like I, I was really happy to see Bobby Fish because I thought. When he left WWE, that'd be it for him. Right? I like, thought he would get. I thought he would end up in uh, like some sort of coaching role somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He seems, like maybe he'd yeah, go into one of the New Japan dojos and just be a trainer there. Nope, yeah. nope. There he is in AEW. Yep, uh, still vibing, and it it was a it was a fantastic match. I hope Lee Moriarty gets like some. He's gonna get featured prominently at some point. We both know that. I think yeah. everyone listening knows that, but it's just a matter of when, and I hope it's sooner than later because I, I want to see Danielson versus Moriarty. Danielson versus Moriarty is that's kind that's of like, the that's the goal right there. Yeah, like I don't know how we get there, but it, and the thing is about Danielson is in his current presentation, you could just put Danielson against fucking anybody, and yeah, no, literally, like it just makes sense. He said, "I want to wrestle fucking everyone, so let him wrestle." Fucking everyone. Let him be Bret Hart in WCW one and work fucking El Dandy. Like Let him. Why not? Yeah. Why not? And and you know what's gonna happen? It's it's gonna happen. This is an example of this next match. I think what it is the next match, right? It is the next match, is because Bobby Fish wins that match. Lee still has not had his first singles win. I think no, he got yeah, a yeah. I think he won in a tag match on Dark once. Uh but he's O and four um in singles so far. He'll get um, it. he'll get it. Um, yeah, next match, the 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 hook for this show uh, is Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki. Oh, holy shit! This like this took a <laughs> lot out of me. First yeah, off, I was I, like, whoa! I should not have watched this before work. No, like, is it just fucking? I I like I everything. I shirked all my my house cleaning duties to watch this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like absolutely beside myself because this isn't a match like like if you told me what even two years ago that we would be getting Danielson you know, versus Brian. no fun, no way right one I'm that laughing. he would be Brian Danielson again and two yeah that he'd be wrestling Minoru Suzuki for free on YouTube like what the fuck it's absolutely like it was ridiculous. And I know that they had a match, what, back in, like, 04? Yeah, something like that. Japan. It, was, it was in some random... doesn't matter. We actually got to see it. And um, I, I'd say it lived up to the hype. I don't think it surprised oh, anybody yeah. how good the fucking match was. Like, it was, it, was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Danielson has been absolutely killing it um, ever since he got into AEW. Between, yeah, yeah, he's... Like, he's not even to say, like, oh, he's kind of reinvigorated. It's like... He's been pulling stuff out of his bag of tricks he couldn't use before. Exactly. He couldn't use – a lot of the stuff that, that he used on the indie scene before he went to WWE, he couldn't use any of that in WWE because, like, obviously well, – There's a lot of kind of restrictions on what you can and can't do. But, like, absolutely. also there's certain things that they're like – WWE wants you to do certain things in – Certain things in the course of the uh, match. Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, there are certain things, certain cues that that WWE have when it comes to their matches, where you know, like it's it's we're gonna actually talk about a cue. It's not relating to WWE at all, but like, you know, you have like the the outside spot, and you have the inside spot, and you have okay, we're gonna hold, we're gonna do a hold like this middle match, so we can slow it down a little bit. This that the third. There are there are these um these instances in these matches and now he's just able to like pull out these random things that he wouldn't be using like the um anvil hammer and anvil or whatever the hell the yeah hell when he started doing it, i was like when the fuck was the last time he did this i haven't seen him do that in fucking ages he starts <laughs> he's been doing the cattle mutilation which right I'm, i mean he did that in his first match back where i was like okay yeah all right <laughs> yeah uh, he's back yeah no, he's, he's he's back um and uh, it's funny you know obviously you were on twitter i was on twitter when we saw the whole uh the bryce thing oh like, brother so, so i i gotta i gotta get this out because i don't know i i'm it's very clear that this person didn't watch a lot of minoru suzuki matches yeah that he does know, this like, spot in every match <laughs> he does it in literally every match he always he does it to fucking in. red shoes he does that to red shoes he does it to like any referee uh that he comes across in a fucking match he'll do that too and the entire reason he does that, he includes them in the little story that's going on, is because A, they're already in the story, they're in the fucking match, and B, he's a heel, and it's a good way, uh, messing with the ref is a good way for his opponent to make a sudden and out of nowhere comeback. He did it in his match. I posted a gif online of of him doing, uh, him like, it was a Sawa match. And he, like, grabbed the ref and was talking shit to him and threw him down on the ground. And Sawa jumped off of the ref and gave him a knee strike. Just, like, little things like that. Right. After he got the, done with the, the story here, and his character, which is that Minoru Suzuki can beat you. Minoru Suzuki yep. can beat anybody. But he gets in his own... He gets too fired up and gets in his own way. Exactly. Exactly. And he's 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 getting really headstrong. He's pushing his fucking weight around, even with the referee. And what happens after that? I'm pretty sure he like Danielson put the label lock on him as yeah. soon as he came back. It was fucking obvious. So I I think I think that was like that gripe is so silly. Like I understand people don't like. There's some people who don't like Bryce. People. I've seen people complain a lot about the refs in AEW. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's because they're, they're PWG refs, you know. And you, well, you but know like, how. also, people got so used to how WWE and to a lesser degree, Impact also does this, uh, or yeah. did for a while, where it was just like, all right, the referee is there, but they are not part of the match. No, they're which, standing around. It's like go back and watch anything from the '90s, really, like the '80s too. Because, um, like, Earl Hebner was an on-screen character. Oh, my God. Earl Hebner? Holy Earl Hebner, Earl it. and Dave Hebner are part of it. the show. The referees were so much the part of the show in, like, I want to say, like, 99. Remember the fucking WCW, WWF? Yes, there was a match with the referees during the invasion. But I was going to say the, the, the there was a referee strike angle. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I, I remember that, too. And it's it's, like... They were super integral. They had super... They had, As a kid, a I knew the names of all the referees. Me too. It's like... There's Jimmy Corderas, and Jimmy yep. Corderas, who always... You know, he's got the darker hair. He's usually on SmackDown. Uh, there's Mike Chioda, who you can tell because he's always wearing the armband. Arm um, there's yep. Earl Hebner, who's the senior referee. He's the old one. Nick Patrick. 
Uh, there's Tim White. Juan, yeah. Um, Charles Robinson. Uh, Teddy Long for a while. Like, yeah, I knew Long all was, these... Because rep- yeah. they're part of the show. Um, like, there is no... The referees are as part of the show as the ring announcers. And that's why when, like, and, and this is even to branch out a little bit towards, you know, Japanese wrestling. When I see people talk shit about, like, Red Shoes, like, he can, it can be a little ridiculous, but I like, I like Red Shoes. Kyohei Wada, I love it when he gets involved in the match and starts, like, like throwing his weight around at, like, Kento or something in All Japan. Like, it's, it's fucking nice. I don't know also, because, like... Anymore. In sports, I can. If I am watching a, or if there's you know a big playoff basketball game coming on, and I like they tell you who the referees for that game are going to be, and so it's like, if I see that Scott Foster is refereeing this game that Chris Paul is playing in, I know that there's going to be fucking shenanigans because Chris Paul and Scott Foster don't like each other. And have been trying to fuck each other over for years. I love that, by the way. I love that, that there's history. Like, if I go back and I watch an old basketball game and I see Tim Donahue, I'm going to be like, hey, there's fucking Tim Donahue. Something weird's going to happen in this game because Tim Donahue was gambling on games that he was refereeing. Holy shit, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Holy, holy fuck. Like, the idea that the referee is not part of the show is so fucking stupid. Because they it's clearly so are. It's so silly. Like, I, I and I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. Like, obviously we would be. It's, it just makes no sense, the gripe. So I, I'm, I'm, it's just, I'm beside myself. And I honestly think it's just silly. Um, but the match itself? Fucked. fantastic. Fucked like Absolutely. a beast. Absolutely <laughs> fucked like a beast. It was it was everything I wanted and a little bit more. And I hope we get another match. Like this whole Minoru Suzuki U- US tour. I UK would like 21. to see Suzuki just beat the shit out of somebody on AEW because I think he's like 0 and 3 now. <laughs> I, I need okay, I think the Oh no, he's 0 and 2. 0 and 2, yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the tag team match didn't count. Oh yeah, that's right. It didn't, did it? Because he had, a, he had like, a tag match with, like, Lance Archer. Yeah, but it was a lights-out match, so it didn't count. Oh, okay. So, here's my thing. I need him... I need one match. One more match from him out of AEW. And if it's any... If he has, like, one last match or something there, it needs to be a match where it's someone who's, like, really young, who's, like, new, trying to figure it out, and I just need to see him, like, kill someone right in front of this like a giant crowd so they can see like how how like really um vicious yeah, fucking yeah um give me a young boy match give me a fucking like, give me like let him wrestle brock anderson and beat him to death exactly exactly and then arn could come out <laughs> with exactly. the clock with the clock put it on your forehead <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! As we're talking about that, I still have the picture that you sent. Yeah, the fucking <laughs> <laughs> Glock in his fucking nice. the Glock in his trunks. Oh no! Um. Oh uh, shit! But what? the so Dynamite this week was on Saturday. It was last night. Um, 
oh, two days right. ago when, when you're hearing this. Yeah, it was on Saturday this week, which threw me the fuck off because I'm off on yeah. Wednesdays, which is why it's so easy for me to watch Dynamite every week. Um, and after, uh, so it was on Saturday, so I didn't get to watch it because I did work Saturdays. Um, but after the fact, they put up a few clips on YouTube from it, and the one that I did see was this great fucking promo from Hangman Page, who, uh, we didn't talk about it last week, because last week we were not, uh, we didn't have an episode. Hangman Page came back, finally, after. Yes, he did. Oh my god, yes. He was gone for, what, two months? Three months? He was gone, yeah, a few months, yeah, yeah. He came back, uh, for the, the ladder match. Yeah, the casino ladder match. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, the casino ladder match, um, in AEW, it's similar to a Royal Rumble match, but it's a ladder match. Which, in hindsight, what's to stop the first two people in the match from just grabbing the fucking thing other than each other? Like, if I... Right. Like, if, let's say, John Moxley and Andrade start, and Moxley just right away, bam, paradigm shift. Then that's it. Then he just no get up the ladder and just up. grab it before anyone else comes before in. Or other people can just, like, take off work. Right, like, yeah. Like, that's it. Um, which adds to the drama of it, but you have, so it's a ladder match with timed entrances. And, uh, one thing that AEW does because they have the big, the, the, uh, casino thing, like the casino motif that they use for a lot of their stuff. The last person out, the surprise is always the Joker card. Um, and so, which I do not know if this was an intentional callback. But if you remember, at the first Double or Nothing, Hangman Page, uh, they did the Casino Battle Royal on the buy-in of that show. Mm-hmm. Hangman Page was the Joker on that to win uh, a shot at the world title. He comes in as the Joker. He wins the match. He goes on to All Out that year and loses to Chris Jericho. So during this match... Hangman Page is the Joker again, comes out uh, and wins the match. While also, I might add, he hits a fucking dead eye. My God, stop. <laughs> it was on Andrade, right? Yes. He murdered him. <laughs> he hits a, uh, the dead eye, which is a reverse tombstone. Yep. yep. He hits yeah. one of those from the top of a ladder through a table. It uh, looks so fucking... It was disgusting. It, it looks so awful. sick. It looked so fucking bad. And I was like, okay, that took him out too, right? It didn't. It didn't? It He's did. right back up? <laughs> I was like, uh, but he went through the... T- I don't nope. give a fuck. He landed that. on his knees. You know it's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I, I was so caught off guard. I think there, there were a few spots like that in that match that just made... Oh, that match was nuts. Insane. It they was, did it on TV. It was ridiculous. <laughs> One thing like, I really like about AEW is since they don't have pay-per-views, they'll just do these special episodes of Dynamite, which might as well be pay-per-views. Yep. Uh, or at the very least, we'll have a ma- like have a main event match that should that could be on pay-per-view. Yeah, it's so like that's how you get, caliber matches. Yeah, it's how you get that ladder match. You get um, you get like uh, I think. Pack and Kenny had a pretty good match uh, yes, yes. last year on TV. Like, you get shit like that because, fuck it, we don't have pay-per-view. We're just going to do this on TV. 
because we want to reward you for watching the TV show. Exactly. And I, I think, honestly, it really makes... I love the fact that AEW doesn't do a lot of pay-per-views because it gives... It makes them more special. It, it does. It really makes them a lot more special. It makes me want to watch them more if there's less of them, you know? It's, right. It's like if there's that. 12, I'm like, fuck, man. Which, one, which ones of these matter? So, like, with WWE, the only ones I watch, I'll watch the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. WrestleMania, Money in the Bank, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam. Yeah, like only a few. It doesn't have to be a whole lot. And obviously, like, it reminds me of back in the day, back in my day, not not my day, uh, when, you know, WWF or WWE had, like, what, four pay-per-views or something? Oh, um, when, so when we were kids, what WWE did was they had they had branded pay-per-views. So oh, they would, okay. so, like, May would be a SmackDown. Like, April would be Backlash, and Backlash would be a Raw show. But then, uh, in May, you'd have um, you'd have Judgment Day, and Judgment Day is a SmackDown show. And then yes. you'll have like No Mercy in June, and that's a Raw show. And then you'll have uh, the Great American Bash in July. And then SummerSlam is a show with both brands. And then you spit right back out into from SummerSlam to Survivor Series, the two pay per views in between. All, one is Raw, one is SmackDown. Yeah. And then you have Survivor Series, and you have a Raw paper. I think Armageddon would be in December, and that would be a Raw pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, I remember now. And then you'd have the Rumble in January. Then you'd have yep. No Way Out, which would be a SmackDown show in in um, Those were February. the days, man. Yeah, it, it really good. added to it, because it's like now the cross-branded shows, the, the big four, matter more. And these storylines have more time to breathe because you're not rushing them through in four weeks. And it's it's so it's just so welcome. Uh, when it came to that match, uh, first off, I, I I was really happy to see Pac. Yeah, I hadn't seen him in fucking ages. Like Pac keeps having I, uh, like I don't know why he doesn't just move to the states. Like I think he still lives in England, so he still has these. Or he moved back to England after he left. Uh, after he left the Fed, yeah, yeah. Um, so he uh, he he'll just get stuck there, <laughs> like he'll go yeah. home, and then no one will see him for six months. Yep, yep. And it's 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 just so nice to see him because what like, last time I saw him, he was he was kind of like here and there in in the Fed. And, uh, yeah, he was but, miserable on his in his last clearly. Like, cause they had him feuding with fucking Enzo. <laughs> Less said about that guy, the better. Um, yeah, but Hangman cuts this promo on Dynamite this week, and he's talking about what is and isn't. He's just talking about you know being gone for a while and not believing in himself. He has this great line where he's like, "For whatever reason, the thing that always grew was the chance of cowboy shit." And for whatever reason, you people keep believing in me. And for the first time in my life, I do too. He's like, I don't know what's going to happen at, I don't know what's going to happen at full gear, but I will promise you this. I will give you my blood, my sweat, one way or another, my tears. But most importantly, I will give you cowboy shit. (laughs) I am fucking ready. And and the time is now. The time is now. He needs. He needs the title. He you, needs to get the title. You, I think taking the Kenny. Kenny needs to stop. 
It needs to. He needs to go to like. He needs to. St- okay. I'm. Go- I'm. There's a lot going on in my head right now. Yeah. I think that Kenny can be in the main event picture. Totally, one hundred percent. He needs to take a break from it. it. Well, I mean. Also, I mean, like, because in- I feel like if you don't do it with Hangman at Full Gear, the show that is named for him. Yes. Yes. You're just you. You'll never get another shot at it. And I think 100%. Tony Khan recognizes that. Yes. Um, yes. And and by main event picture, I more mean like the top tier guys, right? Yeah. So like you have Punk, Omega, and stuff like that. You have Punk, Omega, Brian, uh, you know, Adam Cole, Hangman. Yeah, yeah. I think that that Cole needs not Cole. Um, Hangman Page needs the title. He needs yeah. the. Like, it, like it the story they're happen. telling with him, the sto- like he came out and he recapped everything, going back to losing to Jericho two years ago. Kenny has not been pinned in a sense, or outside of the one loss to Christian. Christian uh, Kenny has been pinned once in a match that counted in the last year. Like it's that, no. nuts. Yeah. It, like, he, and he needs to go as as champ like that that yes yeah, the 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 story has reached its kind of natural apex you have to have two things have to happen yes. uh hangman has to ke- uh, kick out of the one-winged angel and when he wins the dark order have to come out and lift him high on their shoulders yeah they do we need pyro we need everything i need pyro i need tears see what i want to happen is uh, I want hang. I want the match to be fucking five seconds long. Like, I, <laughs> I want th- this match is five <laughs> minutes include five minutes bell to bell, including entrances. I want Kenny to hit the one winged angel. Hangman kicks out. Dead eye. Buckshot. One two three. <laughs> That'd be gorgeous. And, and especially after him not being pinned a single time, that would be like <laughs> just been clean as fuck. Clean as a fucking sheet. Can you believe that? God, when did he get that game? Ten years ago, and he was in, he was in, uh, um, New Japan, and it was Adam Cole in New Japan, or like Adam Cole in Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. and I think they were like in Bullet Club. I I can't remember exactly. The origin time. of the Hangman name is that yes. him and Adam Cole were both in the Bullet Club, and yes. having two Adams was weird. Exactly, exactly. So it's just kind of like this, okay, we're just going to name him Hangman. He's going to walk around with a noose. With a noose! <laughs> Which... And the more time went on, the more layers we got to the character, and the more we got get him as he's presented now. Exactly. And it's just like, to to make something out of, out of something that was so, like, on the fly. You know? Like, right. So, like, quick. And to evolve it over so long is like fucking awesome, you know. Especially yeah. when it comes to Hangman Page, like he's just like he's great. Like I fucking love the guy. I used to like not really care about him. Well, yeah, like, oh, that is God. when I remember when AEW started going like, yeah, whatever, Hangman. And now I'm just like, yeah, fucking Hangman, fucking <laughs> Hangman. I love it when he comes out in fucking cowboy boots, runs out in fucking cowboy boots, and he's just fucking hitting moves like he ran the length of a football field in jeans and cowboy boots to give somebody a clothesline once. Nothing beats that. I don't think anything beats that. So he needs that. He needs that fucking belt. He needs to do more cowboy shit. Yeah. 
Uh, the unfortunate thing is that after he wins the belt, he is definitely going to lose it to MJF, and I'm... <sighs> Tony Khan is going to have to see me personally. Oh, God, I forgot about MJF. I'm not even going to lie. MJF comes on the screen, and I turn my PS4 on. It's like, his music hits, and I do a little jig, because I really like his theme music, and then as soon as he starts talking, you just hear... Like, nope, I'm not <laughs> not sticking around for this. Call me in 10 minutes when he shuts up. Uh, anyway, we were supposed to keep that at a limit. Uh, That's we talked, okay. for, That's we talked okay. for 40 minutes about AEW. This is what always happens. We always go, we're going we're gonna to really try and cut back on time. And then we talk about fucking AEW for 40 minutes. Which, which honestly, well-deserved. Yep. Um, so the other thing, uh, I guess this counts as a thing we did, despite us doing it individually. Yes, uh, yes. We watched the Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode, Trials and Tribulations. Oh, Trials and Tribulations. Uh, tribulations, yes. Tribulations, because yes. Uh, these fucking Tribbles are are crazy. The Tribbles are back. Wow. Yeah, they, oh, they sure are. Uh, so um, this is, oh, go ahead. You, you kind of intro it. Oh, okay. Um, so Trials and Tribulations is, I think it's a season five episode. It is a this, season five. Uh, I think it's season five, episode six. Oh, okay, so this is, like, four episodes before we get, like, the fucking first contact uniforms and shit. It's fucking... Before we get the gray uniforms, Dominion War uniforms, I like to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this episode is literally about the crew, the main crew of Deep Space Nine having to go back in time to stop a Klingon in disguise from trying to kill Kirk. Um, and it's amazing. Because it's- this whole... So they get inserted into the uh, Star Trek classic episode, The Trouble with Triples. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, like, they're just there. Um, and they, they're they wearing the old Starfleet uniforms, which, by the way... I would like to sidebar and say Cisco looks fucking great in this episode. Yo, he looks so good in the yellow. He's I wearing a fucking that. yellow V-neck sweater. He, he looks awesome. Vibing. He looks so great. Fucking uh, I, I, the hair is hilarious on O'Brien and uh, and Bashir. Yeah. They have it all fucking like like combed over. Um, fucking beautiful. Bashir almost becomes his own great grandfather. <laughs> almost, almost, which it, it fucking felt like the Futurama episode. That's like, all I can think about that whole time is like, oh, this is where they, this is where Futurama pulled that joke from. Because this, and and for context, uh, there they they go into um, so so uh, Bashir in, in and O'Brien lift. get into yes. a turbo lift, and oh, the only reason this happens is because they, they so there are two moments where they forget like, oh right, the old technology. Um, the first is uh, Cisco goes to use his badge communicator. It's like, oh, right, that doesn't work. and has to use the old one. Uh, the other is O'Brien and Bashir get into an elevator or in a, in a turbo lift. And O'Brien can't get it to work because he doesn't know you've got to hold the thing to, to activate it. Yes, yes. And so this, <laughs> this woman gets on. Uh, this gorgeous woman. She she's hot. Uh, 
she <laughs> she gets on the elevator and she is giving Bashir the craziest fuck eyes. Like the nuttiest fuck eyes I've ever like seen. Like she is she is looking hard at the good doctor. So much so that I texted you this lady wants to fuck Bashir so bad. <laughs> It's like immediately I'm like I know exactly where you're at right now. I know exactly like, where you she are. She is trying to th- she is throwing pussy at Bashir. She gives him she goes she goes, "Hey, so I have a physical evaluation." You're a doctor, right? Uh, I'll see you tomorrow for my physical at 1500. Yeah, literally time time place everything. I'm like Oh. Like she's like sizing him up, and she says her name is like Lieutenant Watke or something. Yeah, yeah. And Bashir like makes a face. He looks at O'Brien, and he's like, "Chief, my great grandmother was a Starfleet lieutenant named Watke. I think that's my great grandmother." And he's it's like a crisis. He's like, "What?" He's like, "What if this is a predestination paradox? What if?" I am supposed to become my own great-grandfather. And it's just, like, incredible to see Bashir so fucking flustered and upset and worried. Because normally he's not. Yeah, usually cool, calm, collected. Exactly, exactly. So, he's just fucking beside himself. He's about to... He's like, Chief, what am I supposed to do? What if I'm supposed to go there? What if... What if I don't do it and we get back tomorrow and I don't exist anymore? <laughs> and he's just like... And O'Brien's just looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? Fucking relax, mate. Um, incredible. Incredible. I think, I think that takes the cake. Another scene that I fucking love, which I'm so glad we got, was... Um, Odo is in the cafe hanging out and he has a triple and Worf comes in and he goes, what the fuck is that in your hand? <laughs> and, and Worf's like, they are literally like, they're the scourge an of my people. What like, the literally, fuck? What the fuck's wrong with you? And he goes, oh, this old cute thing. And he tries to put it in his face. Like, That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I, I hate this. So, and thus you. And he's like, he just sits down, and then I think o- O'Brien and, and Bashir, they show up, and they're all talking and stuff. They're like, hey, any leads? Have you found the guy yet? Nope, still haven't found the guy. I haven't found the guy. We've been sitting here getting drunk playing with this triple. Literally. Fucking uh, the waitress comes over. She goes, what do you guys want? And don't say Ractagino, because everyone has already asked for that. And they're like, really? Who's been asking for that? Oh, Klingons. Where? <laughs> Yeah. And, and they look around, and, and, and everyone but but Worf is looking around, and he's like, "Wait, those are Klingons?" Because like, Star yeah. Trek classic Klingons are just dudes. Yep. They're just they're literally just dudes. There's no fucking face ridges. There's no forehead written. Nothing. They're just some guys with some pointy um, eyebrows, right? Yeah. So they're like. What's going on? How did this happen? Because and Worf's like, now- it's a very long story. I don't yeah, want to tell. Yeah, he's like, he's like we, we don't discuss it with outsiders. <laughs> Which is I'm to like, say, we updated this design over the course of 30 years? Yeah, exactly. We don't want to, to elaborate on that. 
and it's actually funny because Bashir asks, is it like a, a like a viral mutation or something? And, and Worf gets offended. <laughs> and Worf's like, oh, how dare you? And and I, I when I watched it the first time, I was like, yeah, he must have been pretty fucking offended by that. Uh, I watched Enterprise and I found out that Worf's it's it's funny that Worf the the reason he looked at Bashir like that was because he got that right. It turns out <laughs> that, that in, in Enterprise what? we find out that, that it is in on, fact yeah. That is an a fucking viral mutation. Holy shit. And it affected some Klingons. And it's this whole fucking thing. And the Enterprise doctor has to figure it out. It's a whole medical mystery. It's it's hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. Like, Bashir is actually dead on. Exactly because dead why on. wouldn't he be? He's a doctor. He's, he's, he's not just a doctor. He is, um... You know what? I'm gonna... I, you know, I might as well spoil it. He's genetically engineered. He oh. is a... He is he is cognitively uh, like fucking genius. Okay. Is, his his parents. So if anybody was gonna get that right, it would be Bashir. It was. It would have been Bashir. It would have been Bashir. It's actually funny. Garrick is like, "What are our chances of beating the Dominion?" And he goes, "31 percent." Like, oh, well, fuck you. You didn't have to actually say it, did you? <laughs> you didn't have to actually calculate it. Also, yeah, I yeah. should add um, on the subject of you know we were talking about people looking good. Dex. Looks oh, I was gonna get to Dax. incredible Dax, <laughs> in this episode. Dax is fucking. She also, is like, she's so hot. perfect. She's hot. Uh, Dax and Cisco are walking around holding hands and shit. What's going on here? <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> like they like, just bro it out all dance. They're just that's that's the fucking funniest thing about it is that like. In like, any in other first... show, Dax and Cisco would end up getting together at the end. Oh, oh, totally, oh, totally. But it, it's so funny for Deep Space Nine because, like, they they try to hint at it in the first season. Oh, you know, did you ever have anything with the with the with the Dax Cisco? And he goes, "No, this the thing, the fucking slug in that woman used to be my guy friend before he got fucking killed." Or no, he didn't get killed. He died. And you want to know how he died? He died due to fucking. He fucked too hard. <laughs> he fucked to death. He was fucked to death. Death by Snoo Snoo. And that's the thing. Any other show, they'd be like, oh, yeah, totally. They're going to get together. But it's, I, I think the Cisco-Dax relationship, that was another reason why I wanted it, I wanted you to watch it. Because, like, they're just, like, like buddies. They're fucking besties and it's the funniest shit they're the they're just shit. friends who love each other a whole lot and just walk exactly. their old dads <laughs> exactly it's fucking it's fucking funny uh, um and also but, dax is looking at, at spock and is like hey <laughs> it's so fucking funny and and it's it's so funny because dax like wow he's even he's, he's even more handsome in person and cisco's like, like oh yeah kirk he's yeah kirk's pretty handsome <laughs> Yeah, of course, Kirk's handsome. He's, he's, he's quite a ladies' man. Dax is like, no, I'm talking about Spock. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Mr. Spock got me feeling kind of different. Also, Dax fucked McCoy! Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Dax fucked McCoy. That's just like an Dax... offhanded thing. It's like, oh, yep. yeah, I met him when he was at Ole Miss. He's pretty good with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, what the fuck? Boss? <laughs> yeah, ho hold on. 
Run that by me one more time. Literally. It's it's so fun. I love Dax so much. Dax I, rules. Was, Dax rules. Jedzia Dax is, like, phenomenal. Um, I think... Like, she, I'd say she's probably, like, third or fourth for me in terms of, like, my favorite characters in DS9. Like, it's... For me, it's, like, Cisco, then Bashir, and then kind of, like, a tie between, like, Dax and Jake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's funny actually. We're gonna. I'm at the next episode. I I want to. I want you to watch is a Jake Bashir centric episode. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Yeah. It, it's it's unfortunate because like it's the only one. I'll tell you right now. It's the only one we get. I feel like they should have expounded on that that relationship a little bit more. But it's fucking good, and I can't wait. Can't wait. But that's Trials and Tribulations. It ends with Cisco meeting Kirk. Yeah. Um, him him handing him the duty roster for for the ship, and, and uh, going like, it, "Hey, you're pretty cool, man. Hey, you're pretty, hey, you're pretty cool, man. Where, where are you from? Oh, I'm just yeah, here, uh, here, you know, just hanging temporary out. assignment. You know, temporary it's been assignment. it's been an honor working with you, sir. Fucking, he's like, he's like, all right, get out of here. But you know, yeah. nice little, nice little smile. And it's so funny because this is all framed as a flashback. Because yes, because they're Temple in trouble. Investigations gets gets in, and they're like, "I fucking, I can't believe you got you idiots did this." By the end of the episode, Cisco explains it all, and they're like, "I would have done the same thing." Yeah, okay. I mean, it's Captain Fucking Kirk. Of course, I'm gonna say hi. Yeah, he goes, "If you want to arrest me, arrest me." They're like, "Nah, it's fine. You're good. We're gonna get out of here." And then pan out to the the station filled with tribbles. <laughs> Fuck, because Odo, of yeah, course, Odo took him home, <laughs> and they just replicate. They and, and that's the thing; they fuck like rabbits, and then you end up with with Quark's bar being overrun, which is the perfect way to end end the episode. A whole promenade's filled with them. So, great episode, a lot of fun, and for the time, it's it was. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's dated. Some of the the scenes are a little wonky, but. The fact that it it's aged as well as it has, uh, in terms of the uh, the um, effects. Okay. Yeah, like I'm watching it and I'm just like, how the fuck do they do this? Because it just looks like it, the the digital edition of the DS9 cast is so seamless. It looks like they just shot it on old cameras. Yep, yep. And I, I like there were a couple of uh, of specific instances that stuck out to me for example um like when odo is sitting behind ahura and uh and check off or like when yes like when uh fucking dax and cisco are messing around with stuff and <laughs> fucking uh, scotty starts a bar fight <laughs> scotty starts a bar fight and kirk is like walking through the walking through the the ranks going all right which one yeah, he did it he looks he at smiles he, yeah he looks at o'brien he's like was it you you know who started and it's like ha- this looks like they just grabbed William Shatner from 1966 and were like, "All right, just do this." It's fucking great. He goes, "Why did he? Why did he ask me? Of all the people, it's like I had to lie to Captain Kirk." <laughs> Keiko's gonna get a kick out of that. Yeah, it was fucking rolled. But uh, that's that's uh, that's trials and tribulations for you. A fucking awesome DS9 episode. I, I think I'm just I'm prepping you for when you eventually watch TNG. Yeah. Or when you eventually watch, Star I'll Trek probably watch Trek. TNG too. Honestly, because I have a, I have a lot of memories of TNG. Like I talked about it, my grandmother uh, fucking loves TNG. It's it is 
it is the shit. I I don't like it much, as much as DS Nine, but mm-hmm. I still it still holds a very special place because it's just so it's so cozy. Yeah. It's cozy. Job. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to get into? Um, I I wanted to talk a little bit about Batman: The Long Halloween, but yeah. I wanted you to I wanted you to get something out. I mean, we can talk about, uh, uh, yeah, we'll probably end with that because I've got a lot of thoughts on that. Because um, I haven't watched the movie, but I've, read, I've got that, I've got the book sitting on my shelf right now. Um, have you, have you, oh, you've read it? Never yeah, I read it a few years ago. It's, wow. Yeah, so, it's uh, really good. Yeah, Batman Long Halloween. Uh, they did it justice, I think. I, I mean, I haven't read, it's hard for me to say if they did it justice because I haven't read the thing. Mm-hmm. But I was, I fucking loved it. I it's a really it was, good story. I, it's kind of like a quintessential Batman story. Like if absolutely, I know that comics are impossible to like fucking get into, which is part of the reason I'm starting that other show. Uh, is because I want to kind of just make an easy on ramp. Uh, yeah, for for people because I love comic books and I hate how fucking difficult they are to get into. Like that's part of the reason people aren't getting into comics is because it, it feels it feels impenetrable. Yes. Know? It, it feels like a wall. And so what I what I always suggest is, all right, start with this run and just go. So, like, if someone wants to get into the X-Men, start with Giant Size number 1 and 75, uh, move to X-Men number 94, and then read from X-Men 94 until, like, until Chris Claremont leaves in 1991. Because he, he, he did a whole lot for X-Men, right? Yeah, he wrote, he wrote the X-Men for, like, 16 years. Holy shit. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that so Long Halloween is always one that I recommend to people who are interested in specifically Bruce Wayne as Batman. And I mean, that's the thing about these two movies. I feel like they do a really good job of fleshing out Bruce Wayne and Batman because I mean, more Bruce Wayne because what this is him just starting out as Batman. Yeah, it's just after like his first year as Batman. Yeah, he's figuring it and it shows. Because he's a fucking horrible detective. In yes, this movie. He's, he, he makes a so, lot of mistakes. He makes so many mistakes. It's funny actually. The the second movie, like it just opens up and it, it opens up immediately with Batman or Bruce Wayne rather just fucking failing completely mm-hmm. and just like in such a horrible position. And then I'm like, okay, but he'll get better, right? And then not 20 minutes later, he's getting his ass kicked by like the scarecrow or something. And I'm like, yeah. this is just. This is just so sad. He's so like vulnerable, and he doesn't know what he's doing. And I think that it, it just it really. And um, I am, I am trying to remember if it is in the Long Halloween or Haunted Night because I read both of those back to back, and they're both Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Yes, um, yes. So I I do kind of cross them in my mind. Is the long does long Halloween show Harvey getting the acid thrown in his face? Yes, yes. During okay. the court uh, during the trial, yes, yeah. yes. Like and how that is that's such a formative experience for for Bruce because Harvey is kind of his only friend, and that's the thing. It's it's really sad because he really he he really is. He doesn't have many many people he trusts outside of like Alfred and. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Bruce Wayne is that Bruce Wayne is kind of defined by his 
by the meaningful relationships he has, and he doesn't have a lot of them, which is why they're so they color the character so much. Like Bruce is only like present day Bruce's people that he are he's very close with. It's Selena, mm-hmm. Dick, Tim, Jason, Duke, and Damien. And Alfred, well, Alfred's dead in the comics now. Um, and Lucius Fox. Like, they're the other yes. people who are around, who are in the family. But, like, Bruce is not particularly close with Kate, and she's, like, his one of his only living relatives. Damn. I yep. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a recent retcon is that Kate Kane is Bruce's cousin on his mom's side. Oh, wow. That's yeah. weird. Yep. That's so weird. Because, like, literally, she shows up, and he's like, I don't fucking like you one bit. Yeah. Yeah. They're not They're not really cool for a while. No, they're not. I, um, I, only, I only know that because of the new 52 movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we went back to it. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's they made but they, they made Kid Flash a fucking they made Impulse a alien criminal from the future who thinks that he's Bart Allen's grandson. It's terrible. Fuck. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. I won't. I won't get too far into it. But they awesome. They changed Bart Allen's backstory from being Barry's grandson from the future to being an alien criminal speedster who thinks that he's right. Barry Allen's grandson. I'm. Now I'm more interested in that than than talking about the long Halloween because I actually do want to I want to know why this was the case. See, I think I want to be the new fifty person. Yeah, I. You know what? I will make you read the new fifty two Teen Titans. It's a mess and I hate it. Um. Anyway, uh, long Halloween. Good. Great, but fantastic. I. And obviously, they're starting a new series of movies, and this these are the first two Batman movies. So they're mm-hmm. they're starting it out. We already had a Superman one. We had the Flash going back in time and uh, meeting with like the Justice Society or something. Yeah. Like that. Um, so they did that Injustice in movie that just came out, which was bad. Oh, I want to watch it so bad just to see how bad it is. They killed the Flash with a saw trap, and I don't mean saw yeah. like the movies. I mean literally a gigantic saw. Yep, and they don't even fucking, they don't even, like, like, pay any attention to it. Like, Batman's like, uh, Flash, Flash, and then that's it. Yep, uh, Dick Grayson gets killed by a, just a errant baton shot. Before they had the, in the comics, originally, he just has the, he gets hit with the baton, loses his balance, and breaks his neck on a rock and dies. Which just, like, I, like, that's. I never read it, but I saw the panel. I was so mad. And I was like, oh. Yeah. uh, With this, he just gets... Damien's like, shut up, and throws something at him, and it hits Dick in the head, and he just dies. (laughs) That's fucking awful. See, now now I have to watch it. It hits him in the side of the head, and he falls down, and does not get back up. It's... It's a lot! (laughs) So, um, watch the long Halloween movies over that. Because, yeah, don't watch Injustice. Uh, uh, yeah, don't watch Injustice. I will, but you shouldn't. Do as I say, not as I do. Ho- um, Hove did that, so hopefully you won't have to go through that. Exactly, exactly. And we'll actually talk about it on this. I feel like we will. We'll have more time to talk about it, too. Um, is there anything you want to talk about before we, we uh, exit out of this? Briefly, I would like to talk about 
uh, a little bit of comics I read. I read Spider-Man, uh, the Back to Basics, and the the first couple issues after that. The new run, or the most recent run on the Amazing Spider-Man by Nick Spencer. I had a lot of reservations about this, which is why I'm just now reading it. Because um, Nick Spencer wrote that Captain America run. You know the oh, one. Oh, 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 really? Yes. Oh, my God, damn. Yes, it's same damn. writer. And so oh. I was like, oh. I, I was very hesitant. I didn't want to, I wasn't sure if I wanted to read it. I wasn't sure if I'd like it. And I like it a lot. Um, it feels like this entire run so far, um, and the, the little bits I know about how it, where it goes in the future, it feels like this entire run exists to fix a lot of Spider-Man's worst stories. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. It retcons... So, ba- Back to Basics itself is just resetting the character. Getting rid of all the Parker Industries shit. Getting rid of all the... Like, they were... For a while, it felt like they were just trying to turn him into Iron Man. Um, yeah, that's, that's what it seemed like. He ran his own company. He had a more yeah. tech suit. Um... He even had a thing similar to how Iron Man had uh, in the 80s and 90s where um, he just wasn't Iron Man for a while and uh, and Jim Rhodes was Iron Man. Um, they had the that Prowler? for a while. Where What's that? Wasn't it like the Prowler who was like... Was Spider-Man, yes. The, yeah. the Prowler was Spider-Man for a little while uh, in Peter's place. And while there are some good stories from Dan Slott's run, a lot of it, it feels like, in hindsight, Dan Slott cared a lot more about Spider-Man than he did about Peter Parker. Whereas I feel like this is very much the inverse of that. I feel like Nick Spencer uh, and everyone editing that, everyone working on that, care a lot about Peter Parker. Um, So much so that in this story, he gets split apart from Spider-Man. Really? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, One other interesting thing that happens is... So it's dealing with the fallout of... It's really funny that this book came out 10 years before where we are now. But um, during the One More Day story... uh, So Peter gives up his... He gives up his marriage so that... um, so that Aunt May doesn't die. Like, Mephisto rewrites Peter's personal history. Yes, yes. Who wrote that, by the way? Wasn't it JMS who wrote that? That was JMS, yeah. That was JMS, I think, Joe Quesada kind of was the impetus for that. He was like, yeah, do this. To... Right. We won't... The real reason that they did that is because they felt like Peter as a character had become too hard for young men to relate to because he was married... He had like a, a pretty normal life, and they wanted to reset him because they thought, not for nothing, they do this a lot with characters. But the idea is, you can't let this character be married because th- it takes away the the more soap opera elements of it. Like yeah. when they married Cyclops off in the eighties, that was supposed to be him retiring, and they were immediately like, no, no, he's gonna leave his wife to get back with Gene. Also, his wife is a clone of Gene. Um, what the. <laughs> come on man um yeah come on now duck <laughs> um this story feels like a lot of so one more day one thing that happens is that one 
No, Peter and Mary Jane were never married. And then Peter goes to Doctor Strange and gets a spell so that no one can find out who Peter is if he doesn't tell them. Yeah. And so Doctor Strange makes everyone forget that Peter... Again, this is the thing they're doing for the movie. He makes everyone forget that Peter is Spider-Man. Felicia, uh, Black Cat. Peter and Black Cat have to get some stuff back from the Thieves Guild. And she says, hey, Spider, I don't remember you. Like, I obviously, I know you. I remember that you and I had a thing way back when. But, like, I don't, I can't remember what your face looks like. I don't remember your name. And I know that you mean a lot to me. And it's just weird to not know who you are. And so they have this really good moment where Peter takes off his mask and introduces himself to her again. And it's just really nice because it feels like this book is more about the human stuff with Peter Parker and less about the Spider-Man stuff, which is the human stuff has always been more interesting. And I think that that's kind of like the thing that's been missing from a lot of these books for a long time is that it feels like when the human stuff did happen, it felt like it was kind of at random and it was just like mm-hmm. things that are kind of inconsequential in the grand scheme of things or things that would, they'd immediately walk back. Like Peter having a sister, I think rules. That is pretty great. Uh, also, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned Peter Parker has a sister named Teresa. Uh, and so Teresa would show up sometimes and then get immediately shuffled off and they would always go like, well, we don't know if she's actually his sister. But, like, the most interesting thing you can do with that character is give him family, is give him people around him he cares about. Um, you know, because he, the, the thing about Peter Parker is he's supposed to be a character that anyone can relate to. And so everyone has people, has things that they care about outside of the things they are just responsible for. Exactly. And so I think what, what Spencer's done so far with what I've read on this run has really gotten to the heart of that. And that's great because I, I, was, I was really interested um, like in how like, the state of like comics with, with respect to Spider-Man in 2021, 2020, yeah. like, like how, is, how is he doing nowadays? Like, uh, what, he's what doing he- well. His clone uh, slash brother Ben just bought the what was left of Parker Industries, which means he now owns the Spider-Man trademark because when Otto Octavius was Peter Parker, he yeah. trademarked Spider-Man. He sure fucking did. And and that's the one thing I know about, like, I'm very familiar with based off of what you told me, based off of the fucking Superior Spider-Man and all that shit, which I thought, I think is, you know, was interesting for, for what it was. Um, mm-hmm. But, like... I'm I'm glad that they're they're going back to that. I, I it's funny that you bring up like the, the more human aspect of Spider-Man because I, I was thinking about like Spider-Man Two. Yeah. Uh, and and I was like, I'm sure you know how I feel about it. Like, or I, yeah, the movie like, rules. I know that you love it. No, <laughs> I I was like I was thinking of, I wasn't a fan of the movie. So I, went from, I went from I love it to. What the, I watched it like years ago, and I was like, what the I was because I remember distinctly you thinking that movie kicked ass at one point. Yeah, yeah, and then I was like, oh, and now I'm like, oh, because I've been I've been rewatching every Spider-Man movie here. And yeah, there. I fucking love Spider-Man too because yeah. there's he, he is he is always 
going through it. Right. He's That's kind of the fundamental thing about that character is that Peter Parker, to be him is to suffer. Um, exactly. Like, to make another recommendation to anybody who likes Spider-Man and wants to read more about him, Spider-Man Blue is one of my favorite comics of all time. It is about Peter Parker. Re- so every year, Peter Parker leaves a rose on the Brooklyn Bridge for Gwen Stacy. And it's him recounting how he fell in love with Gwen and how Gwen died. Stop. And he, that, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. He, he's like talking into a tape recorder to Gwen. And he asks, like at one point Mary Jane comes in and she's like, uh, she's like, hey, um, He's like, hey, how, I don't even stand there. She's like, listen, um, I've been here long enough. Um, just tell her that I say hi. And it's so, so good. But he has this really great line um, where he says, uh, bad follows good. That's kind of my life. And for things to get good, things have to get really, really bad first. That's the character. And and that's what I think. That obviously that's what makes the character so special, you know, and so relatable is that we all have fucking awful times in our lives, and then things get good, and then, you know, obviously it tears back and forth. Yeah. Um So, fucking, it's, I'm glad that they're going back to that. Thank, thank fucking goodness. Um, on that note, are you excited for the movie? Are you I am. No way home. Okay. I, I am looking forward to it. I I think there's a lot of interesting stuff you can do. Um, and hopefully, finally, we'll have a new Spider-Man movie that is not just about him dealing with Tony Stark shit. You know? Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm, so, I'm going to be so happy when we don't have to have fucking Iron Man... In our thoughts when we when yes, we think of- and I'm sure the plot will somehow tie to him because it's directly with the fallout of uh, No Way Home or Far From Home. But yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need him gazing at a picture of fucking Tony Stark. <laughs> no more, no more. It's like it was. It, it's done. It's done. It's over with. Tony's gone. Let's let's focus on the here and the now. Let's yeah. Focus on on on, on little Peter. Um, uh, and. If the movie has all the people I think that will be in that movie, there's going to be... Oh, 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 my God, yes. There's going to be a scene where he sits around with the other two Peters, and they just talk. And they just talk about their lives. And we finally have Peter talk about fucking Uncle Ben. Because, I mean, it was going to happen eventually. I feel like we're going to get... It was going to happen eventually... They were not going to talk. Like they stopped talking about it for a while because, or they stopped bringing it up because Be- obviously because people got like everybody fucking knows this. We're not gonna. We get it. Like, and I understand why they didn't want to bring him up at first. It is weird to have the only mention of Uncle Ben so far be Peter's suitcase had Ben's initials on it. Yeah, yeah, right. Like that's it's very weird. They're obviously they're doing something and it's going to be, I think it's going to be like a tearjerker kind of scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think everyone's going to be fucking bawling their eyes out in the theater when, when 
Peter when Tobey Maguire Peter Parker is like uh, Tobey Maguire know, Peter Parker who should be like forty should be like forty now right? <laughs> yeah like I know Tobey uh, Maguire is older than that I think he's in his fifties but yeah Peter Parker Peter Parker that version of him should be forty like forty one years old yeah. He should be. He should be a little. Just like at just at youngest, kid. he should be in his late thirties, and he should have a kid. Absolutely. He like kid. I want him to talk about his daughter May at home. Oh my god! Stop! You're gonna kill me. I think. I think obviously uh, Andrew Garfield. He's gonna be like. He is. He, Andrew Garfield being in this movie is the worst kept secret. <laughs> it like it's so obvious. <laughs> like he like, he insists I'm not in the movie, and it's like, then what's with this picture of you wearing the crew shirt? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Literally, like obviously, he can't say anything because then Kevin Feige is gonna like come to his house. And Kevin Feige is gonna DM, DM him a picture of his home. <laughs> <laughs> Strike one. Gonna <laughs> fucking great. Um, there's so many leaks out. Like it's pretty obvious. Even fucking what JB Smoove. Yeah, I was gonna say JB Smoove just said it. Blunt <laughs> said it. He goes, out of all the Spider Mans, who are you excited to work with? Uh, uh, Tom McGuire. Tom McGuire. I'm like. Oh. Okay, alright. We went off topic a little bit, but... Yeah, but anyway, Spider-Man's good. Uh, read the recent run of Spider-Man. Uh, it's just labeled Amazing Spider-Man 2018. Uh, it's on Marvel Unlimited. Just read that. Um, it's very good. Uh, yep, but anyway... Spider-Man 2, because that's... Yeah. Based on what you told me, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but... That will be our show this uh, time around. Uh, we're keeping it short this week because we are recording this a day late and Monet has to be at work <laughs> early in the morning. Uh, so this episode will go up sometime Monday, um, yep. let's say, because I, I cannot do it Tuesday, so it's got to be Monday. Um, but thank you all for hanging out with us uh, the last hour or so. Um, you can check... Monet out on Twitter at Deep Space Niners. That's Deep Space, the number nine, E-R-S. You can follow me at Archer Arios, A-R-X-H-E-R-A-R-I-O-S. The X is a C. Don't make me explain it. <laughs> and oh. you can uh, subscribe to the podcast, uh, radio reviews, all that good shit. Um, and until then, it, we will see y'all in another two weeks. Have a good night, good day, good, good top of the morning. Uh, to Not you all, morning. and to all, stay tight.